Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Maybe this is the place where you can start to sow those three things that we all have, time, talent, and treasure. I believe that God gives us those things so that we can sow back. How many realize that when Jesus came to this earth, he was displaying what God was like? And he was displaying what God created us as human beings to be like. And how many know he was a giver? He cared about people. And he just ministered to people's needs wherever he could. Imagine, just imagine a body that operated like Jesus. No borders, no boundaries, no racism, no issues with your social status, but saw you where you were, even if you weren't living up to their standard or where they are in the journey, and thought, you know what? I can minister healing to this person and restoration and deliverance in their life. What would this world be like? Be so much better than the the church we see represented many times. Have you ever thought, my gosh, why is that church representing God right now, right? And not that any of us are better than anyone else, but I believe that we can't fail if we always err on the side of love because that's what God is. He's love, amen? And so I want to talk this morning as we continue, really wrap up our series called Thank God No Matter What. Yes, there's a question mark there. Because I think a lot of us can struggle at times with trying to find you know, a reason to be thankful. Why can I be thankful today? Because I have all this adversity going on in my life. Well, I love what the Apostle Paul says here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. He says, be cheerful no matter what. Now, how many have been here almost every week since this series? You're like, we've got this memorized now, Pastor. Be cheerful no matter what. And then he says, pray all the time or pray without ceasing. Look at this. Thank God no matter what happens. Thank God no matter what happens. Now, if you haven't been here at all during this series, I just, I just want us to realize something. We're not thanking God for the calamity or the adversity. God is a good, good father who gives good gifts. Amen? Amen? And so what we do is we're finding ways in our life that we can thank him for what he has done for us, despite the adversity, despite the calamity, despite the circumstances, right? So really what we're doing today is is we're being reminded once again of the good things in life that God has brought to us, that he has given to us, and why we should always be thankful. But look at this, he says, this is the way that God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to what? Live. Why? Because it's a lifestyle. Thankfulness is a lifestyle. Now, a lot of us, we've celebrated Thanksgiving. I got a really cool story for you. It may not have anything to do with the message, but we were, it's okay. My wife says it's okay, so it's okay. So we were getting ready for Thanksgiving, and everyone's coming over to the house. And uh, so we were preparing the day before. Well, downstairs, we have this high top table that sits behind the couch. You're already laughing. You know the story. Don't give it away. So we have this high top story, or this high top story? Yeah. When I was 15, I got some high tops. That's a high top story. People are like, high tops, what does that mean? So we have this high top table. It's in the basement. It's behind this couch. And we have this uh, projector screen and a projector there. And the kids go down, and, and that's where they do their gaming or whatever, a nice area for them. So Kristen says, hey, let's move the, the china hutch out of the way. Let's move that table upstairs, which Ethan and I did. We had to take legs off just to get it up the stairs. And so we get this up the stairs, and we get everything prepared. Well, I walk down to my office, which is downstairs. I'm walking down to my office, and normally there's a table, 
in this pathway where you can walk and so you walk around it. Well, the table was gone now. So as I'm walking through, I'm just like, I got business to do, I got stuff to do, I'm walking. Well, the thing is, I'm about six foot three and the projector hangs down at about, I don't know, five foot nine or 10. Yeah, you see where this is going? So I'm just walking, I'm like, yeah, I gotta get stuff, bam. And I hit my head on this projector and I literally fall to the ground. Now, while this is happening, Aiden is playing games on the projector, sitting right in front of me. So, so I hit the projector, I fall down to the ground, I was like, oh, I mean, like I couldn't even gather words right now, I was seeing stars. And I hear Aiden, who's my eight-year-old, by the way, on the other side, and he says, Dad, are you okay? I couldn't answer him. Like, I'm just, I can't even think, I can't even come up with words right now, it's hurting so bad. I did, I still, it's still sore. Aw, right, come on. Yeah, it's still sore. Okay, I feel better now. So I'm laying there and my son, he's eight, he says, Dad, are you okay? He asked me again and I just can't form. He's like, are you knocked out, Dad? Are you okay? Answer me. And finally, I like pull myself off the floor. I'm like, yeah, why don't you come check? <laughs> and the crazy thing is I get up from, from the floor and I look and the projector's usually right on the screen, square, right? Here's the screen and it's shifted all the way here and down. So it's across a little bit of the projection screen, a little bit of the wall, a little bit of the fireplace, and he's still playing games. <laughs> I'm like, at what point did you think about checking on your dad? Why don't you come over here and check on me? <laughs> Say focused. And I think a lot of times we're like that in life. We become so focused on the adversity become so focused on the circumstances, the things aren't going the way that we thought they should go. And it pulls us away from seeing anything to be thankful for. And so I, I think this series has helped us. I hope it's helped you to, to in those moments, in those times where you just feel like, man, there's so much going on that you can stop for a minute, take a deep breath, focus back on the love of your heavenly father towards you and say, you know what? I can be thankful for and fill in the blank. Because no matter what we go through, I believe we can find something to be thankful for. Jesus showed us this life. How many are followers of Jesus? Jesus was so thankful, even in the bad times. When he prayed, he would thank his father. Before he asked for anything, he was thankful. And I think even when we have that thankful attitude, what we ask for may even change because we realize how good we do have it. Now, I'm not trying to take away from what you're going through in your life. This could be the hardest season you've ever gone through. I get that. I've had those seasons, those, uh, my God, my God, where are you moments. But how many know that even on the cross, the father was still there. If you're not familiar, Jesus was actually, as someone who was seen as a rabbi, rabbis would many times begin a psalm, which were songs, by the way. He starts singing or leading a song on the cross, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But by the end of the song, it says, you've never hidden your face from me. That's how he felt. Feelings are okay. But the truth is, God never left him. So if you're dealing in a situation right now, something that's rough, something that's tough, something you don't understand, know that God is there with you and he has the answer. And sometimes it's just sitting back, being quiet, be still and know that I am God, he says. So if you're going through that, I just pray for you in Jesus' name that you can refocus on his goodness towards you. It doesn't mean that the stuff you're going through doesn't have some gravity to it. 
But what we do is we focus because he's there to get us through those situations. Amen? And so that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us. Be thankful no matter what. So as we continue in this idea of thank God no matter what, today's idea is this. I am thankful for my confession. Say that with me. I am thankful for my confession. Now, when I was going this direction, I thought, how can I talk about this today in such a way that whether you're from a Catholic background or Protestant, that we can understand what confession really means? Because, you know, if you're Catholic, well, confession is something I do to a priest. If you're Protestant, you're like, oh, we don't go to a priest. We go right to God and confess. And I get that. But what does confession mean as far as the Bible is concerned? Is it telling God all the bad things about yourself so that maybe he'll love you a little more and be okay with you? Is confession a formula that we use that if we say it 37 and a half times and we use a scripture verse, then God will give it to me? I mean, we've all heard these different ideas of confession, right? If you say it and say it and say it. Now, am I against saying things? Absolutely not. It's very important. You become what you speak about yourself. That's the truth. There are people who, who are in the secular arena who tell people, if you envision it, you can be it. Do you know that's not something secular? That's what God says about us? That's why it's important on how we see ourselves. Amen. And so this idea of confession, if it's not understood correctly according to really the literal meaning, and we're going to look into the Greek a little bit today, then we can get these weird, confused ideas of what confession is. Is it something I say about myself to God? I'm so bad. I'm so horrible. Please forgive me. Or is it something that we say enough in a certain formula to get something as if God is, we're putting in faith coins and pulling the slot machine and hoping God gives us something? Well, let me tell you something. God has given everything to you through Christ. I mean, this, this is the beautiful thing about it. I don't have to try and work harder to get anything. It's already there. So how do we access those things? And confession has something to do with it. But maybe today I can awaken us to a little different way of looking at this according to the original language. Because confession is the currency of the kingdom. How many know we're in a kingdom? Confession is the currency of the kingdom. Actually, we could say it like this. Confession is the gift card. How many gotten gift cards? Like Christmas is coming up and you're like, give me a gift card. Think about that. It's the gift card. It's already been given to you. The currency has already been given. And he's saying, now use that currency to access what's already yours. Isn't that awesome? Confession is the currency of the kingdom. Before we explore this idea of confession this morning, though, I want to take a few minutes to see God's perspective of us from his vantage point. Because how many know that sometimes we can see ourselves in such a way and it's not God's story about us, it's our story about us. And so I want to look at a couple of scriptures today. I want to look at Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 23. Very famous scripture if you've been in church for any amount of time. For all have sinned and fall short of the what? Glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, sadly, we proclaim this verse 23 completely out of context because there's no good news there. We have to go to verse 24 to see the good news. Look at this. Being justified freely by his what? Grace through the redemption that is in who? Christ Jesus. Now, this is so cool. Think about this. 
we've been justified freely, like it's free, it's free of charge. I've justified you. How? Uh, by his grace, you've been redeemed through Jesus Christ. Do you see your name in there anywhere? Wow. So God did this before you even knew. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Now think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute, how powerful that is in our life. But go back to verse 23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the, say it again, glory of God. Now this word glory in the Greek is the word doxa. Now I want you to hear the definition. Always a good opinion concerning one, resulting in praise and honor. Did you get that? Always a good opinion concerning one, resulting in praise and honor. For all have sinned and fallen short of the always good opinion that God had of you, resulting in praise and honor. You know why we act crazy sometimes? We don't know who we are. We don't see God's opinion. We've fallen short of his opinion of us. Because a lot of times we read this scripture like, we all have sinned. And God can't look at you and he can't stand you. But thank God Jesus took your place. You know that Jesus was sent and God was in him reconciling the world to himself because he loves you. He wanted you to awaken to your right relationship. He wanted you to awaken to his grace and love toward you. See, if we read scripture and we just run through it without the lens of Jesus, we'll get confused. But what we're looking at today is this idea of how does God see us? And it says that we sin and fall short of the good opinion that God has of you. Now, if we look a little further in Romans chapter 5, it says, Through him we also obtain access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And look at this. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We can say it like this. We rejoice in the joyful and confident expectation of God's good opinion of us. I mean, this is huge. Well, what about confession? We'll get there. But first, I need to set this up in such a way that you see yourself for who you truly are. Because you are who God says you are. Not who you say you are all the time. Not who you see in the mirror every morning. Do you follow me? And so it's important that we see this. 2 Peter 1.3, it says this, His divine power has given us everything, did you hear that, required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us, look at this, by his own glory and goodness. Now think about that. By his own glory and goodness. So it's his divine power, say his. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own good opinion of you. Doesn't that change everything? God sees you as good. He does. You're like, well, I'm not acting good. Okay, well, then you don't know who you are yet. And I encourage you to spend some time in these four walls and with people in here, especially those who have awakened to this right relationship or understanding more and more who they are. Because here's the thing. When you awaken to his grace and love and goodness in your life, you don't go off crazy because you awaken to who you really are. Wow, I'm in right standing with God. I have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. It's in there. 
the good works that he prepared beforehand. Why? So that you should walk in them. It's already there. And so our whole life of working out that salvation that he's worked in is believing and trusting that what he says about you is true. Do you believe his story about you or your story about yourself? Paul says in Ephesians, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. This is what happens. You become bold. You become confident. No one can stand behind the pulpit or on a television screen or come from a radio and bring condemnation to your life, bring shame and guilt to your life because you know who you are in Christ. And when you do, it's so good. There's such freedom. And and I don't want to fool you. Sometimes when you experience that freedom and you walk it out, other people don't like it. You're too free, brother. How can you be too free? I mean, think about that. How can you be too free? I mean, someone who's been incarcerated for 20 years gets out and you're like, brother, you're just a little too free. What are you talking about? I was in bondage to sin. I was in bondage to addiction. I was in bondage to my emotions and feelings. And I wasn't mature enough to even have those feelings, but then act in a mature way about it. Instead, I gave into those things, but now I no longer do. How was that like bad for me? I desire, I need this freedom in Christ. That's the new covenant, folks. No longer do we need tablets of stone. The law of love is written on your heart. And when you do everything through the lens and foundation of love, you won't hurt yourself. You won't hurt others. Love doesn't do that. And look it, I have bad days. Just ask my wife. But it's a process. It's a journey as we continue to grow in this. We have to understand that God has a good opinion of you all the time. Hebrews 11.1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love it here in the Mirror Bible. It says, Persuasion confirms confident expectation and proves the unseen world to be more real than what is seen. But look at this. Faith celebrates as certain what hope visualized as future. You know, every time that you choose to walk in faith towards God's opinion of you, to trust him, you're celebrating what he's already done. You're saying, wow, God, I see it, I believe it, and by faith, I choose to walk in it. So there are many times we have to choose by faith, trusting God at his word, that what he says about us is the truth, not what we see at the current moment. How many have had those experiences? In those bad experiences, in those times where you see yourself differently than what God has said, believe his story about yourself, not yours. I'm telling you, it will help you every single time. This understanding of who we are, trusting in God's opinion about us, trusting God's story about us is very key, leading into this idea of confession. Now remember, I believe that sometimes we've got this confession thing wrong. We thought it maybe was a formula to get God to do something for us or a way to say all the bad things about ourselves to get in good again with God and hopefully he'll love me just a little bit more. Now listen, I don't have an issue if, if you mess up, if you stumble. I tell God I'm sorry all the time. My prayer is, wow, God, thank you. You've already forgiven me 2,000 years ago. This is awesome. Like total forgiveness, past, present, and future. That's a big deal. That's how powerful the cross was, Okay. Past, present, and future, done with. But 
I see the consequences and the ramifications of my actions right now, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I, I'm sorry, and I thank you that I am awakening more and more to who I am. No guilt, no condemnation. Feel sorry, that's okay. Feel regret, that's okay. I regret that I did that to my wife or my kids or, or however that is or to myself, right? It's okay to feel some regret, but what we need to do is not feel guilt and shame. Regret is just saying, ooh, that wasn't right for me. And then we awaken to who we truly are and we walk on and we say, I'm sorry, God. That's not who I am. You built me for something different. So with that idea in mind, this is a setup. I want us to see that God has a good opinion of you as we go into this idea of confession. Let's look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. The Apostle Paul says here, starting with verse, start with verse 8. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach or which we preach. That if you confess, say confess, with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, say your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? Sozoed. That's the word in the Greek. Saved. Sozo. Now there's something that we need to see here because what we've done, I think, in the past is we've turned this into a formula. If I confess, if I say, how many are familiar with the sinner's prayer? If I say the sinner's prayer and I say these words and I really truly believe it, then I'll be saved, which to most Americans or Western culture Christians would be, I got a ticket to heaven, I'm good now. But I'm here to say that the afterlife, it's there. I've never been there. How many have been there? Oh, none of you, because you're here this morning. Okay, I believe in afterlife. I believe in heaven, whatever that may be, I've never been there. But I'm telling you what, salvation isn't just for the sweet by and by. And so what happens when we think it's just about doing a prayer now for somewhere, somewhere we'll go later, we turn scriptures like this into formulas that we do to be okay with God to go somewhere in the future. And I think that's important that we know we're going to be with God for eternity. But what about here and now? Do you follow me? Now stick with me. I'm going somewhere here. And you can still... Disagree with me at the end, and we'll agree to disagree, and that's okay. That's what's awesome about community and coming together. We don't have to agree on everything. I just happen to be the guy here, and I, I do my due diligence to study. And, and if, if something changes, I'll say, oh, I had that wrong, I think. Uh, we're going to go here. And guess what? In eternity, we're all going to discover something we were wrong on, right? But I love you. I care for you. And because of that, I want you to see things correctly or as correctly as we can through the lens that we have. Amen? But look at this word confess here. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. This word confess in the Greek is homologeo. And this word homologeo means to consent, agree with, listen to this, to say the same thing as another. To agree with or assent. Now this should start to change your thinking a little bit. Confession is when you agree with God. When you say the same thing about yourself that God says about you. Totally changes it, doesn't it? And this is how we 
confess Jesus as Lord by living a life of agreeing with God's opinion of us. Come on, somebody. That's huge. Even when you confess your sin because he's forgiven you, right? He's faithful and just to do that. When you confess your sin, you're agreeing with God that that's not what I'm built for. I'm built for something better than that. That's destroying my life because sin stinks. It stings. It's a dead-end road. I'm telling you right now, folks, it's a dead-end road. But when you focus on sin and that becomes your thing, sin management, sin consciousness, you forget to focus on who you truly are and who God says you are. And so you walk around feeling like you're distant and like you're dirty. And guess how you're going to act? Distant and dirty. But when you trust God's opinion of you, that you are clean and you are close with him, it changes everything. And so you start to walk differently. You start to talk differently. You start to think differently. I mean, this deals with every, every facet of your life if you can see it. Because if you go the other route, that will also be a reflection of how you see yourself. That's what you will walk out. So if you confess with your mouth, if you agree with God, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, all I'm saying is, I truly believe that Christ did this. He died, he was buried, he was resurrected. That gives me newness of life, and I am a son or daughter of God. That's all that's saying. If you believe that, if you agree with that, if you even say with your mouth, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, some of you need to do that every morning you wake up. I'm a son of God, not a son of a... I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm just trying to be real with you this morning. I know we're all holy in church right now, but I see some of you out on the road. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> Listen, it's so cool to be, belong to a community where we can be open and honest and transparent. You know, healing comes when you confess those faults. That's what the Bible says, right? Confess your faults to one another so healing may come. When we're open and honest with each other, what happens is this healing begins to happen in our heart. And we talked about this. If you haven't heard the series, then go back on the podcast or the website. You can hear it. But we talked about, I'm thankful for good friendships. It's important what friendships we have around us and that everyone can be an acquaintance, but not everyone, does anyone remember, is an amigo right? Just a friend that we play with and socialize with, those types of things. Not everyone is an advisor or a confidant, and not everyone is your best friend, right? So we have to be careful in who we choose and surround ourselves with those people. But can you see the difference when we understand that confession is to consent or agree with, to say the same thing as another? Now to get context of verses 8 and 9, we need to look at verse 10. It says, for with the heart... One believes unto righteousness or right standing, right relationship, and with the mouth confession is made unto what? Salvation. That's the word soteria. So you have sozo, saved, soteria, salvation, and here's what they mean. Safety, preservation, healing, deliverance, rescue, wholeness. When you agree with God, you start to see all these facets of your life be worked out in the salvation that's been worked in. How many could say, I need deliverance in some areas? I need rescue. I need wholeness. You see how we can downplay salvation if it's just a ticket to somewhere in the sweet by and by? 
I mean, I, I believe in the sweet by and by, wherever that is. I, I mean, that's going to be exciting. But I love being here now on earth proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his grace and love towards people so they can awaken to this too and start to see salvation work in their life here and now. Confession is made on the salvation. When you agree with God about who he sees you as, his opinion of you, you start to walk out salvation. Because aren't we to work out our salvation? Don't the apostles say to those being saved? Well, that's, that's an odd thing to say, being saved, so I've got to earn it. No, 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 no. You're on a journey and you're working salvation, preservation, health, healing, wholeness, deliverance, rescue, it's already there, but you're working it out of your life so that people see it on full display and they go, wow, how are you getting through this adversity right now? And you get to say, let me tell you. And it's not hellfire and brimstone. It's not threats and fear. I'm telling you, there's no fear in love. We've turned the gospel into a message of fear. And it shouldn't be. It's a message of love saying, God loves you right where you are. Do you want to change? Do you want to see yourself differently and better than you are? Well, who doesn't? People go to self-help. They spend billions of dollars a year to go to self-help, buy programs, go to seminars, go to meetings, go to churches, right? Where we're being told you're so bad, you're so bad, so just try harder and get better. It's not working, folks. What works is awakening to who you already are. I've said this before, but just because you don't see it and you're not living it or walking out doesn't mean it's not true about you. You just don't know who you are yet. It's, it's a huge case of identity theft. Who are you? Who, 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 who? Right? But you see the context here. Confession is to agree with. It's saying the same thing that God says about you. This is huge. So again, look back at Hebrews 11 in the Mirror Bible. Persuasion confirms confident expectation and proves the unseen world to be more real than what is seen. But I love this. Faith celebrates. When you trust, when you believe, when you walk in faith, you are celebrating as certain what hope visualized as future. Our journey is one of confession, agreeing with God. What does God say about you? And I believe that's where the scripture comes in. How many love their Bible? I love my Bible. And the more that I read it and understand the history of it and these men and what time they wrote, who they wrote to, what they wrote for, it just begins to make more and more sense. But how many know that the Trinity is not Father, Son, and Holy Bible? Some people live their lives like the Bible is part of the Trinity. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the scriptures are there to point us to the word of God who is Jesus Christ. So if we understand that, then when we go to the scripture, this is where it becomes key. You find what God's promises are to you, what he says about you, the goodness that he sees in you, the fruit of the spirit that he's already given to you, the good works he's already put in your heart. You start to see these things, and then what do you do? You come into agreement with him. That's confession. And it involves the mouth. Say even if you don't see, if you're acting crazy like a fool and you got anger issues and you're going off on people, even in the midst of that, pull away and go, huh, I don't act like that when I'm angry. Well, you might look like, well, you don't because you just did. I get that. But when we see those things, stop saying, I'm just an angry person. 
I'm just a fat person. I'm just a mean person. I'm so dumb. My mom and dad told me I'd never amount to anything. I'm telling you, words are important. So speak to yourself. My parents didn't say good things. Say good things to yourself every day, if that's what it takes. Tell yourself who you are according to God's opinion of you. And parents, let's learn a lesson from this, me included. What are you saying and speaking to your children? Are you crazy? They just might become crazy. I don't know. I've, I've tried to, to be careful of my words with my children. And when I say something, even apologize, say, you know what? Dad, Dad shouldn't have said that about you. I love you. I care about you. My love's unconditional. I'm not happy with your decisions because it's hurting you. But I love you. It never changes. It's unconditional. I have grace and love towards you. Do you understand that, son? Do you understand that, daughter? But listen, as a parent, I've messed up too. But apologies go a long way, especially when you meet it from your heart. Listen, it doesn't make you less than, it makes you more than in their eyes. We can be honest and we can be humble. But thank God we have a perfect father in God who never treats us wrong, who never abuses us. And I know for some of us we could struggle with that because you say, you don't understand the father figure I had in my life. I don't quite get that. Well, then let God mother you. I mean, God has both qualities in the Bible. Look all through it. He's a mother. He's a father. I mean, there's so many ways to describe him. Whatever works for you. That's what I love about the book and the movie, The Shack. I mean, God was this beautiful black woman of all things because that's the only way. What was the guy's name in the, what was his name? Anyone? No one? You ever read The Shack? It's a great book. I heard it was of the devil. We'll just read it. It's a really good book. No, I'm serious. It's probably one of, one of the best descriptions I've ever heard on the Trinity in my life. It's absolutely beautiful. It is. Mac. That's right. The Mac is back. So it was Mac. But Mac had to see God differently than a father because his father was very abusive to him. So let God be to you. God is already to you what you need him to be. And he's saying, I'm here. I love you. I care for you. Picture me however you want as long as it's through the lens of love. God is love. God is light. And let me tell you something. There's, he's also a consuming fire. And this is what's beautiful about relationship with God, is that when that light shows things in my life, it exposes things in my life, it's not for guilt and shame. It's to bring healing. It's to heal the way that I see myself. And so, you know, God, just like gold is purified. I was talking to someone the other day about this. That gold is not done away with in fire. It's purified. It comes out better than it ever was. God's love is like a consuming fire. It goes through our life not to destroy us, but to destroy those things that are hurting us because he cares and he loves us. But it's never because he wants to get us back and he really wants to put it to us. If that's the case, then he's a bad, bad father. So a good father disciplines, but he disciplines in love. How many know what discipline is if you've been here long enough? Is it punishment for your past? It's training for your future. Amen? And so that's how God deals with us. So agreeing with God is our currency. It's our gift card. We access everything God has done for us and already made us to be by agreeing with him. Now, is that like a breath of fresh air? It's not something you have to do or perform or try hard enough to do or pray harder or act better. 
It's simply saying, God, I agree with you. Even in the midst of my circumstances right now, I'm choosing by an act of my will to agree with what you say about me because I'm not seeing it, but I want to see who I truly am. And so it's coming into agreement. That's what confession is. There was a story in the Bible where this man came to Jesus and he had a son who was demon-possessed and every so often he would go through these episodes and he would fall and throw himself into the fire at times. And so as a father, his heart was just grieving. He's like, I don't want my son to be dealing with these issues. And so Jesus made this statement. He says, to him who believes, anything is possible. Now that's a pretty strong statement. But the man's reply was this, I believe, help me with my unbelief. For years, I would read that and go, well, do you believe or not, dude? What are, you, what are you talking about? I believe what he's saying is, show me my potential. Open the eyes of my understanding. I think it's okay to say, God, I believe in what you said about me, but help me with my unbelief. Because when I go day to day and I see my actions, I see my performance, it doesn't line up with who you say I am. So help me to get clarity. Show me my potential. Open the eyes of my understanding. Help me agree with your opinion of me. That's what it's all about. So this is what confession is. And then I believe it is saying it with your mouth. Sometimes we just need to hear with our own ears, don't we? Andy, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The mind's going, you ain't acting like it. Shut up, mind. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Spirit, soul, and body, healing, flowing through me because of Jesus. Oh, you sure don't look like it. Shut up, mind. That's who God says I am. And that's where scripture is key. Stand on those promises. Say it with your mouth, but realize it's not a formula to try and get God to do something. He's already done everything for you that he's going to do. He's given everything to you for life and godliness. It's a done deal. So confession is currency. It's a gift card. It allows you to access what he's already done. Say that with me. He's already done it. That's huge. Just understanding that is huge. So let's begin accessing that in our life. Pastor Chris Blue, we were talking, he said something, and I was like, dude, I'm using that, and I'll even give you credit. But here's what he told me. He says, God doesn't just promise sweet pie in the sky by and by but sizzling steak on the plate while we wait. <laughs> yeah, that's Pastor Chris. He uh, pastors Palm Harbor, Faith City Campus down in Florida. Isn't that good? I'm gonna say it again. God doesn't just promise sweet pie in the sky by and by, but sizzling steak on the plate while we wait. So how many know salvation certainly is about afterlife? But man, I believe it's more about now because I need deliverance. I need healing and rescue and wholeness now. And so as I awaken to these different areas in my life that need those things, it allows the Holy Spirit to work through those areas, those dark spaces in my soul. And so I can recognize lies that I believed about myself and about God. They're exposed and healed and I get truth. Time and truth will heal so many wounds in your heart, folks, but you have to be open and allow. And sometimes it's just maybe saying this, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Amen. When they opened Disney World in Florida, 
There's crowds of people. Walt Disney had died before it even opened. And his wife was standing there and someone said to her, man, I wish Walt could have seen this. He would have been so blessed. And her response was, he already did. Disney World opened its gates because Walt Disney already saw it in his mind. So how do you see yourself? Clean, close, loved, accepted, perfect, forgiven. These are hard things for us sometimes to see, right? Well, I'm not acting. Yeah, doesn't make it not true. And the more you awaken to those areas in your life, guess what? You'll start to see yourself walking out and it won't be hard because Jesus is there. He's not going anywhere. I want you to stand with me for just a, just a minute here. And I was reading over this Psalm, Psalm 100. And I want us to read this together out loud and just declare how good God is to us. Will you read with me? Is it on the screens? Ready, read. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. He made us, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him, worship him. Look at this, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. Isn't that beautiful? Do you know you just confessed? You were agreeing with God, who he is? Now I challenge you to find scripture telling you who you are. Righteous, pleasing, holy, and acceptable. You're set apart. That's who you are, sons and daughters of God. And say it over and over and over. Believe it in your heart, and you'll start to walk it. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.